Hey, thank you so much for joining us for today's podcast. We are MVF Church based out of Heber City, Utah. If you'd like to check out the live recording of this teaching, you can find that at mvfchurch.com. We're glad that you've joined us today, so let's get into the teaching. Uh, Earlier in our journey with Jesus uh, together was the Lord's Prayer, and I'm actually going to go back in time a little bit and pick back up on one particular part of that prayer today, uh, one particular phrase. It's right after, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven, and then it goes... Give us this day our daily bread. That's it. Okay. That's what we're talking about. Uh, thank you for one person who knew what, what happened after that. So today, Lord, give us everything that we need for this day, our daily bread today. And uh, this is the first time in the prayer that it starts focusing on us because it's all been about our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Finally, something about here, pray, I'm praying for me, give us this day our daily bread. Here's the thing, you can't get tomorrow's bread today. And that's what the Israelites learned out in the wilderness when they were given manna. And it was only good for today. And this was a lesson for us to learn today that we have this promise from God that Jesus is enough for today. Anything that we need today. Hey, I've got something up here today. As a matter of fact, um, this is a Spider-Man lunchbox, nothing significant about a Spider-Man lunchbox, but it is a lunchbox, and I wanted to talk about that because, uh, uh, you know, when I was growing up, we didn't have, we had brown bags in our family, so, you know, you'd had a little sack with your name on it, and you took it, but some kids had lunchboxes, and it was, you know, they were pretty cool. Uh, These days, lunchboxes get pretty high-tech. Have you noticed that? Some of them have a little zippered pouch with dry ice on one side and a, and on the other side a little heating element to keep things warm and it's just like amazing you got little chicken wings over here and some sliced apples with caramel dipping sauce you know over there and then there's carrots and celery in this little section here with regular and and low fat ranch dressing you know and a special little drink all in there have you experienced either um Having someone make lunch for you, as maybe as a kid, and you took you took your lunch, or you've made your kids lunch, and uh, before they headed out to school, it was just like they knew everything that I need is right there. <laughs> okay, I don't have to worry about anything today because I've got this. You're not worried about what we're having for dinner. You're not worried about what's for breakfast tomorrow. You know that when you walk out the door, everything that you need to sustain your life is right inside here. And you're assured that it's going to work out today. It's going to all come together because of what's in here. So what is in here? Well, I'm glad that you asked that because we're going to find out some things. Uh, and we're going to check out what's in the box. And the very first thing... The very first thing that we're going to find is in the box is the unfailing love of God. We're just going to put that right there for a second. The unfailing love for God. And uh, you start every day 
knowing that you matter to God. You matter to him. And you are desperately loved by him. God sends us into our day as loved sons and daughters, just knowing that we matter to him. He gives us our daily bread, what we need for the day. And every one of us needs to know that we matter to God. We need to know that we are loved. And so even more than you need to eat, you need to know that, that you matter to him. I want to look at some scriptures with you from Exodus 15. Moses and the Israelites had just crossed the Red Sea. It was pretty dramatic, the rescue, the, the miracle of God that had taken place there. They'd just come out of Egypt. Now the Egyptian army's chasing them. They're at the Red Sea. It looks like they're trapped. God rolls back the water of the Red Sea. They walk across on dry ground. Hello, that's pretty cool. And they get to the other side and the Egyptians say, well, let's, we're, we're going to do it too. And they get out there and God sends the waters over them and the whole Egyptian army is wiped out. So the Israelites are standing there and they're seeing the Egyptian army completely wiped out. They realize they've just experienced the most incredible thing they've ever experienced in their whole life. And so they're celebrating now. They're excited. They're rejoicing. They're worshiping. And uh, that's the setup for this whole thing. And Exodus 15, 1, we read this. Then Moses and the Israelites sang this song to the Lord. And here's their song. I will sing to the Lord, for he is highly exalted. The horse and its rider he has hurled into the sea. Any of you Remember a little chorus from a long, long time ago. I will sing unto the Lord, for he has triumphed gloriously. The horse and rider thrown into the sea. Okay. Well, anyway, it was a, it was a nice little chorus. The same, same idea. This is what they're singing. Okay. And uh, in verse 5, it says, and they're still singing. The deep waters have covered them. They sank to the depths like a stone. They sank to the depths like a stone. They sank to the depths like a stone. Remember that one? Okay. Uh, and, and then in verse 13, it's in your unfailing love, you, God, will lead the people that you have redeemed. And in your strength, you will guide them to your holy dwelling. In the process of God freeing them and leading them to life, God promised them, you're the people that I love. My unfailing love is yours. In other words, when it's called today, you can count on this. My love will be there for you. It's in the box every day. So that's the first thing in there. What else we got in here? Because this is great just every day. Oh, yeah. Here we go. <laughs> uh the second thing in the box is this guy. And you're wondering, what's he doing in the box? Well, this is a representation. This is not an actual angel. It's a representation of the angel armies of God that he has set up on your behalf as he leads you forward into each day. Because in the box is a promise from God that he will fight your battles for you today. You remember 
Elisha and his servant and the, uh, the king was coming against Elisha because Elisha was having these supernatural uh, visions from God, words from God that uh, this foreign king was uh, trying to ambush and, and attack the Israel king. And Elisha would send word to the Israel king saying, here's what they're up to. And, and uh, so only God knew this. And so anyway, this, this bad king, he comes against Elisha. He brings a whole army to the city where Elisha lives. Uh, Elisha is, he wakes up in the morning, he's got a servant there and the servant looks out and he sees this whole army, they're surrounded. So he tells Elisha, we're toast. There's a whole army out there. We're, it's just us and we're, we're done. And Elisha said, don't worry about it. We got more with us than they have with them. And the servant is like, <laughs> He's counting, and he only counts two, and he's like, I don't get it. I mean, there's a whole army out there. And then Elisha said, Lord, open his eyes. And when that happened, then the servant was able to see a heavenly army surrounded there. And God took care of that situation. That was pretty amazing. You know, we were just looking a minute ago about the song of Miriam and Moses as they celebrated the victory of, of coming through the Red Sea on, on dry ground and God wiping out that army of Pharaoh. Uh, the horse and rider he's hurled into the sea. And, and in your unfailing love, you lead the people that you've redeemed. We just talked about that. But I want to talk about a couple of other verses from that previous chapter, Exodus 14. And this is where the Red Sea crossing is getting ready to happen. But Moses said this in verse 13, Do not be afraid. Stand firm and you will see the deliverance the Lord will bring for you today. The Egyptians that you see when? Today. You'll never see again. The Lord will fight for you. You only need to be still. In the New Testament, when we're told to put on the armor of God, it ends with this phrase, having done all to stand. Not that we're detached in this process, but a realization that as we move forward spiritually, God is at work fighting for us. Okay? Now keep in mind, as we've seen in the, the prayer, hallowed be your name, you're holy, you're heavenly, and then your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So we understand this. The angel armies of God aren't about fighting to accomplish our will. They don't fight to bring your kingdom. They don't fight to bring my kingdom. They fight to establish God's kingdom and God's purpose. So if we're yielded to what God is doing, his plans, his purpose, then when we come against opposition, we can pray God, we're in trouble. We're really up against it here. Uh, but we, you know, we want your name to be glorified and praised. So will you come on our behalf? And God is just saying, oh, yeah, I'm already on the way because I'm going to accomplish my will and my purpose. So Exodus 23, 20, check this verse out. See, I'm sending an angel ahead of you to guard you along the way, and to bring you to the place that I have prepared. 
Now, it's kind of cool when you start digging into how this played out in Scripture. It actually happened in a lot of different ways, okay? At one point, they marched around the city, you remember this, and they lifted up a shout of praise, and then all the walls came tumbling down. But in other cases, God would do things differently. In so many amazing ways, they experienced the fulfillment of this promise that the angel of the Lord would go before them. In one case, God sent a swarm of hornets ahead of them against the enemy army. Isn't that cool? I mean, it's just amazing. Can you imagine there's this highly trained uh, enemy army? They're well armed. They're sitting there. They're waiting for the Israelites to come. And they're thinking, man, we are going to blow these guys away. We're trained. They're not. We're heavily armed. They're not. We got this, you know. We're all suited up in all of our gear, you know, our armor. We've got our chariots. We've got our horses. We've got our weapons. We've got home-filled advantage. And they're just sitting there. They're waiting for the Israelites to come over the hill, this little ragtag, not very experienced, not very well-armed group of people. And suddenly there comes a swarm of hornets, like a cloud of black dread over that hill, descending on them. You know, if you're there, you got, you got your breastplate thing on, but then a hornet goes up underneath that and starts, you know, doing some real serious business on you. <laughs> and the man's like, what do you do? You, you rip that thing off, right? That breastplate off. And so... There you are, and then you got another hornet down in your boot, and it's starting to, you know, get going on you down there. And, and so you're just like, you kick off that boot, and then the other one, and pretty soon you end up with this undressed army. <laughs> These warriors that taken all their stuff off. It's like, we got to get out of here. We're being eaten up and stung to death by these hornets. Uh, and the Bible says that when Israel, the Israelites came over the hill, they saw their enemies running away from them, followed by this black swarming horde of hornets with pain swirling all around them because God had said, I will fight for you. Now, there's a variety of ways that this will work out in your life, my life. He'll sometimes have us much more actively engaged in the process. But here's the bottom line. It's God who's going to fight for us. That's the angel armies of God. Okay, well, what else we got in the box? Here's the, uh, the third thing. Got some water. This is a no-drama llama, BPA-free thing there. Okay, and uh, got some chips. Because uh, this is physical needs here, so you, you, know, you got to be able to eat. Got all this stuff here. Oh, my goodness. You eat all this stuff, and then what you're really looking forward to at the end of your meal is this thing right here. <laughs> right? Okay? Because uh, this just makes the, makes the day for you. It's a little round bundle of absolute awesome. <laughs> you, you've been waiting all morning heading towards lunch. That's a synthetic, man-made, chemically processed wonderful. That's what that is. Okay. <laughs> but Jesus is saying, I'm going to provide for all of your needs physically. You're going to have what you need to get through this day. And Jesus teaches on this, and he says in Matthew 6, 25, Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. 
Is not life more important than food and the body more important than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Who of you, by worrying, can add a single hour to his life? And why do you worry about clothes? See how the lilies of the field grow? They do not labor or spin, yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendor was dressed like one of these. And if this is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and gone, and tomorrow is thrown in the fire, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? So do not worry, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. And all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. So we want God to do some, maybe some eye surgery on us so that we can see a lot more clearly and we won't get all shook up about what might happen tomorrow. God, I don't know how it's all going to work out next Friday and I don't know what's going to happen next Wednesday and I don't know what next year is even going to look like. And, and instead, we're going to focus on, God, I'm looking to you to provide for me today. Today. Give us today what we need. Now, here's the uh, fourth thing in the box. Pop this thing right here, and Lord willing, it'll stay right there because we're going to fire this puppy up here. Okay. Um, this is a candle, and this is going to represent God's presence because God has promised to go with you throughout your day. This is so cool. He's not just giving us things. He's giving us himself, okay? He's promising us himself. Moses asked for this very thing in Exodus chapter 33. He said, God, don't let us go anywhere unless your presence goes with us. And God responded, my presence will go with you and I will give you rest. Now, back in those days, God gave him a cloud by day to lead them. Now, that would be pretty cool, wouldn't it? I mean, you wake up in the morning, you head out into the garage, open the garage, and there's a cloud, and it's leading you exactly where you're going to go. That, that'd be kind of cool. And uh, so when the cloud would move right, they would head right. When the cloud would move left, they would turn left, okay? When the cloud went straight, they would go straight. And when the cloud stopped, they would stop. And at night, that turned into a pillar of fire. How'd you like that hanging around with you? Everywhere, you know, you go, it's like, hey, everyone, check it out. Pillar of fire right here with me. Okay, God. <laughs> what God was saying, um, yes, that was amazing for them, right? But I've got a new miracle for you today. They had a cloud. They had fire. But you actually get me. 
And folks, this is, this is so cool because Jesus Christ lives inside of you. If you're a follower of Jesus, he says, I'm promising you your daily bread. And guess what? I am the daily bread. You get me every single day of your life. In the box is a promise of the presence of God who's with you every single day. Every day when you open the tent, back in that old days they opened the tent and there was manna. He says, when you open your tent, it won't be manna on the ground, it'll be me. And I'm going to tell you something. There is so much loneliness in our world today. There are so much heartache and people who feel so disconnected. This whole world is feeling disconnected. And God says, I want you to know you're not going to be alone. In Exodus 19.4, then Moses went up to God and the Lord called to him from the mountain and said, this is what you're to say to the house of Jacob and what you're to tell the people of Israel. You yourselves have seen what I did to Egypt and how I carried you on eagle's wings and brought you, where? To myself. To myself. Boy, isn't that a new way of looking at things? Not about going to heaven or getting stuff in a box. It's about being with him. His presence. That's the payoff. And Jesus said in John 6:57, just as the living Father sent me and I live because of the Father, so the one who feeds on me will live because of me. And then he says this, this is the bread that came down from heaven. Your forefathers ate manna and died, but he who feeds on this bread, talking about himself, will live forever. So the manna was great. Every morning, it was amazing. Every morning, it's like, manna, what is it? <laughs> Every morning, it's a miracle. Would you like to go back to that time? Every morning, lift the blinds and see manna all over the ground and that came from heaven? Or do you understand what Jesus is really telling us here? He says, I'm actually the bread of life, and I'm the bread that came down from heaven. So but I can offer you me. Sometimes I hear people say, oh, I'd like to go back to the Old Testament times because I, I want a miracle. And they had the miracles in the Old Testament. No, you don't want to go back to the Old Testament times. You want a miracle like he does today. Today. And the miracle today is that Christ has come from heaven to earth and he's offering to you himself. Now, there's one other thing in the box. And this is a mirror. And this is an opportunity for you and for me to reflect back to the world this truth that our God is enough for today. I'm going to set this down because I don't want to catch a light and refle <laughs> reflect somebody's eyes out. But, uh, you know, sometimes... We're, we're reflecting the wrong things to the world sometimes. We're, we're filled with worry and, and we're not sure that God's going to come through for us. And they see that worry all over our face. They hear the story that we're telling and, and we're saying, I don't know, I'm worried and I'm scared and, and uh, I can't figure out and I don't know what's happening. And, 
And, and when we do that, then we're reflecting to the world the wrong thing. We're reflecting, I'm not sure that God's going to come through for me tomorrow. And my concern and my worry about tomorrow is stealing my opportunity of reflecting that Jesus is enough for today. He does all these things in our life so that we can reflect his glory so that they can see he is God. And as you reflect that to the world, we're reflecting today, Jesus is enough for me. The Israelites had the same opportunity, Exodus 34.10. Then the Lord said, I'm making a covenant with you before all your people. I will do wonders never before done in any nation in the world. The people you live among, check this out, the people you live among will see how awesome is the work that I, the Lord, will do for you. Now, when I fail to let Jesus be enough for me today, I lose that opportunity to reflect to the world that Jesus is enough. And I want you to remember our mission. We want people to meet Jesus and live free. Now, I know it's Christmas season. Some of you are like, I was hoping to hear a Christmas message today. I want to give you three quick reasons as I wrap up why what you just heard is a Christmas message, okay? Some of you are thinking, that's impossible. You can't do that. Check this out. Number one, here's the first reason. This morning we sang, Oh, Come All Ye Faithful. One of those lines was, Word of the Father now in flesh appearing. That's John 6. He's the bread of heaven that came down to earth for us. And that is Christmas. Here's reason number two. Joseph and Mary only had a word for today. God told them they're going to have a boy. His name is going to be called Jesus. He's going to save his people. That's it. No details. Like, how are we supposed to raise him? How are we going to discipline him? Are we going to spank him? Put him in timeout? We're dealing with the son of God here, and he's perfect, so maybe he'll spank us and put us in timeout. <laughs> There's no details. It's crazy. And I think there's some times when we're pushing God saying, show me the details, God. Show me tomorrow. Show me next month. And God would just say to you and to me, you can't handle the details. If I showed you everything, you wouldn't even take the first step. So just trust me that I am enough for you today and every day to come. The third reason what I've shared is a Christmas message is because just as we lit this candle today and talked about having the presence of God with us today, that's Christmas. Emmanuel, God with us. And now you and I, we're the light of the world. <laughs> do you like Christmas lights? Man, I sure do. Guess what? That's exactly what you are. You are a Christmas light. Not just a decoration, but giving light in a dark world where people need to see Jesus. And we help them do that by our lives. Paul writes in Philippians that as we live for Jesus, we shine like the stars in the sky. The darker the sky is, the brighter the stars shine. And as the world becomes a dark place, our light shines brighter. 
And just as that Christmas star led the wise men to Jesus, when we're shining as God's people, we're going to help people to find Jesus. We're going to shine that so they can discover that Jesus is enough for them. Father, we thank you for our time together. We thank you for your promises. We thank you that just as we talked about, you're enough for us today. Every day we go out the door, every, we have a box. The box is you. And you are enough for us. So Lord, may we trust you. May we reflect your presence and your glory to those around us. May people see something in us that makes them want to come to know you. Lord, for each one of us, help us to trust more and more in you. We don't have to have the whole picture. We just have to know that today you are everything that we need. And we thank you for that. In Jesus' name. If you enjoyed this teaching, we would love to have you join us for a live gathering. We are located at 271 North, 600 West in Heber City, Utah. If you need more information about us, including our gathering times or previous teachings, you can find all that at mvfchurch.com. And make sure you follow us on social media too. See you next time.